0: chapter 9 of household puzzles by pansy the recording is in the public domain chapter 9 debts and doubts there certainly must be people in this world who cannot afford to die she did not say it recklessly nor with even the semblance of carelessness on the contrary her face expressed intense and painful feeling she stood in the back parlour by the table which was half covered with sheets of paper in various stages of fold and crumple it was maria of course no one in the randolph family besides maria ever made such startling remarks the funeral was over indeed two weeks had passed since they laid their mother away it had been a solemn funeral and mrs jenkins the undertaker's wife had pronounced the details unobjectionable what Mrs. Jenkins meant by that may be obscure to the minds of some, but Helen Randolph understood her perfectly. That young lady had an eye for details. She had meant them to be unobjectionable. An unskilled looker-on would have said that everything was very neat and plain and appropriate. Ah, to be very neat and plain and appropriate at funerals means to pay somebody a good deal of money. The four daughters were shrouded in long crepe veils, and about the details of their dress everything was appropriate also, from the perfect-fitting Alexandre kids to the wide-black-bordered cambric handkerchiefs. The velvet-covered casket, which was their mother's last resting-place, was literally covered over with rare and beautiful white flowers, such as blossom in January only for money. Some of them were love-tokens from outside friends, others of them were of Helen's own ordering and selection, Dear mother loved flowers so much," she had said. From the main entrance door floated the long crepe signals of death. The arm of each bearer was festooned with crepe. The hands of each bearer were covered with decorous black kids, furnished by the family. "'Everybody does it,' Helen had said, when Maria protested. The carriages were numerous and costly, the hearse, with its solemn black plumes, was the new several-thousand-dollar one, that had only been used twice before, for Mrs. Judge Westervelt and General Wallace Thorpe. Certainly the most uncharitable and censorious looker-on of them could not say that every possible and conceivable token of respect had not been paid to that fair piece of clay which they finally covered with its native dust. Now it was two weeks afterward, and Maria had been looking over and summing up the bills, do you wonder at her utterly dismayed exclamation? There must be some people in this world who cannot afford to die. Ermina came presently into the back room, paused a moment, irresolute, as she saw her sister's occupation, then slowly advanced. Ermina would have preferred to shirk that business if she could. How are we ever to pay them? This was the one tremendous thought weighing on Maria's heart, and she spoke it. Father will probably attend to that, Ermina tried to look and speak with indifference. Ermina, that is nonsense, Maria said sharply. Don't play Helen and pretend not to know that father has nothing to pay with and no strength to bestow on them. They are enormous. I know it, said Ermina, taking up her own character again. I am quite as much appalled as you can possibly desire. I don't see our way out of this labyrinth. I have wondered a hundred times within the last two weeks what was to become of us all. Ermina, it is late in the day to ask you about this, but I do want to know, since you really saw the danger ahead, why you didn't protest against all this needless waste of money. Ermina opened her eyes very wide. I am sure I don't know what you mean, she said gravely. I didn't know there had been any needless expense, or at least very little, none to signify. "'There isn't fifty dollars worth in all these bills that would come under the head of necessary expenses.' Ermina smiled grimly. "'Your idea of necessary and Helen's would differ, I presume. You have some queer fancies, you know. Now, I hate bills as much as you possibly can, but I don't see how, in our position, we could avoid wearing mourning without making an outrageous talk.' "'What is our position, Ermina?' Ermina laughed. It would be hard to define, she said with sarcasm. Helen wants us to be considered as belonging to the First Society, and so long as Mrs. Monroe and the Conklings invite her to their parties, I suppose we are. I can define our position. It is a continuous scramble after something to eat and wear, without defrauding people out of their just dues. "'Under such circumstances, to have worn brown or gray, or any color that we happen to have, would be infinitely more respectable and make less talk, than to live on the charity, or at least the forbearance, of our friends. I tell you, I don't see how we are to live at all.' "'We might go to the poorhouse,' Ermina suggested gravely. It was evidently all the counsel that she had to offer.' and maria turned away only saying in the same cold half indifferent tone that her sister had used it would make an outrageous talk you would find and besides they don't wear crepe and bombazine at the poorhouse you are sharp said ermina in fact you are almost cross i wish you would leave that part of the programme to helen she excels in it and since you are the youngest you certainly won't have to be responsible for the bills so i wouldn't worry myself into a fever if i were you and ermina left the room and the bills and went away upstairs to brood over the state of affairs and exhibit more sympathy to the four walls of her room than she would have dreamed of showing to her sister it was one of the miseries of this randolph family that they lived in shells maria sat down again and pondered the pitiless staring figures in dumb dismay the sum total was so much more than even she who had tried to keep a sharp lookout had imagined. She knew it was much more than her father had even dreamed of. "'If there was only someone to go to for counsel, or even for pity,' she said wearily. "'What do the girls think, I wonder? People must think, it seems to me, even though they were not willing to let anyone know it. I just wonder what Helen would say to all these. I mean to go and ask her. She certainly ought to know the result of her management.' she gathered up an army of bills and went up to Helen's room. That young lady was engaged in retrimming her hat, and as the plume she attempted to fasten showed all the obstinacy and depravity belonging to plumes, the owner of it was not in a pleasant mood to confront. Maria did not wait for moods. She marched without preface into her subject. "'Helen, what is to be done about all these bills?' "'They are to be left on the library table, I presume,' "'That is where bills are generally kept. "'But I mean, how are they to be paid?' "'With money, I would imagine.' "'Helen, I wish you wouldn't be so very sharp. "'I have come for suggestions, if you have any to offer. "'If you really have no interest in the matter, I may as well go back.' "'I have an interest just now in my hat. "'I wish it was back in the shop where it came from. "'It is the most unbecoming thing I ever had on my head.' "'I wish it was paid for.' Have you any idea how much it cost? Not the slightest, and I don't care. It is just as plain and simple as anything I could get, and therefore my conscience is clear. People will have to be decent in this world. But, Helen, will it be considered decent not to pay for it? The plume stood straight up now, one end poking slightly forward. Besides, Helen had pricked her finger. Her patience was utterly exhausted. She spoke angrily. "'Do, Maria, hush. You are perfectly insane over affairs that in no way belong to you. It is ridiculous that the youngest in the house should take us all to task in the way you do. Let the bills alone, and all other matters that don't in the least concern you. That is my suggestion if you really want one from me.' Maria gathered up her papers, and walked with steady step and burning cheek out of the room. "'If there is anything earthly that I want, it is a friend.' This she said with dry eyes, but with a strange choking in her voice. Poor, foolish child! There was a friend greater than any earthly who was waiting for a chance to suggest, to sympathize, to shield, but she passed him by and struggled on alone. Grace came through the hall humming a tune. It was a sweet, tender little tune, and Grace hummed it a great deal and Maria with the rest had imagined that this daughter sang because she was by nature lighter-hearted, and grief touched her more gently than it did the rest. "'I wonder if it has so much as occurred to Grace that there is such a thing as a debt to be paid,' Maria said, listening to the song. "'I mean to ask her.' She went to the door and called. "'Have you any idea how these are all to be paid?' she questioned, as Grace came up to the table, with the tune still hovering around her lips. Have you counted them? How much is it? Does father know? You always have three questions at once, Grace. Yes, I have counted them, and they amount to enough. I dread to tell father anything about it. If there were only some way in which I could help him to pay them. Grace ceased her humming, but she drummed the notes of the song on the green baize of the table. It annoyed Maria. A good deal had occurred to annoy her that day. "'You never think of anything but music,' she said irritably. "'I'm thinking of it now to some purpose.' Grace spoke lightly. "'Thinking of giving it up, the lessons you know. Spring isn't a pleasant time for practicing, and I have several other things that I want to do. The new term opens tomorrow, but I have quite decided not to enter my name at present. What do you think of it?' "'I think it has very little to do with the question before us as to the paying of these bills.' maria said coldly why yes it has just a little music lessons are expensive articles and the money i have in my purse ready for the payment invariably in advance that is always required will make one bill smaller at least it would be but a drop in the bucket maria said forlornly i know but one drop helps to fill the bucket after all here's madame lafarge's bill Milliner's accounts are always the most disagreeable to let stand. I can pay that, and have a part of a drop left, and father need not be troubled with anything about it. As for the others, they will have their day somehow. Don't be worried, Maria. "'So Helen's bonnet is to be paid for after all,' thus soliloquized Maria. Grace's voice reached her from the upper stair. She was trilling the notes of the same tender song. "'She is as light-hearted as a butterfly,' continued this youngest sister i'm sure i wish i could be like her and let care alone i thought she was devoted to her music lessons but it seems she is tired of them which is a fortunate thing for madame lafarge the words of the song that grace sang over and over again were it may not be my way it may not be thy way but yet in his own way the lord will provide there are matters wherein sharp, quick-witted girls like Maria Randolph show themselves to be utterly stupid. There was just one more member of the family to consult. That was Tom. It was while Maria was clearing away the tea-things that the subject of her anxious thought came to light again. "'Tom, do you know the amount of the bills?' "'Not in exact figures, but I know they must be stunning. When Helen is at the helm, look out for bills.' well, have you any idea what we shall do about paying them? You see our necessary expenses take up every bit of the salary, and more, too, and where these extras are to come in, I can't imagine. I know, he said gloomily. I don't see what is to become of our family, anyway. You can't imagine how much I envy Peter and his regular employment, whereby he earns his board and clothing. I don't see any way out of it. I can't get anything to do.' "'I've tried all this week. "'I really am not lying idle of choice, "'though Helen is kind enough to insinuate it pretty often.' "'Maria was not wont to be silent, "'especially when she and Tom were together. "'But on this particular evening "'she rattled the teacups more than seemed at all necessary, "'at least to Tom, "'but as far as words were concerned, was dumb. "'Tom looked steadily at her for a few minutes, "'then at the cups and saucers, and inwardly wished they were in jericho presently he spoke again now maria on your word and honour what do you think you would do if you were in my place i may be mistaken maria began with unusual meekness i dare say i am because i know that not being in your place alters the case wonderfully but i think that if i were in your place i would saw wood for mr evans or failing in that drive the cows for Mr. Thornton, or turn the grindstone for old Pete. Or wear the oilcloth coat that Messrs. Cook and Company provide for that industrious employee who marches up and down the street exhibiting himself to announce that T and K of E.R. sold here, interrupted Tom with a little sharpness of the voice that was trying to be steady. That's what the coat says, Maria, in red letters, just in this style." and he held up to her view the slip of paper on which he had been printing i saw the chap who wears it to-day and i couldn't help admiring his industry thank you for your advice i'll take it into consideration i didn't mean to be sharp tom maria said in dismay but i do feel so troubled about everything there doesn't seem to be anything that anybody can do yes there is we can all worry with all our might and that helps matters along amazingly makes home pleasant, you know. Don't imagine I'm blaming you. I'm a worthless, useless fellow. No one knows it better than I do myself. Your suggestions are not practical after all, because Peter saws Mr. Evans' wood at odd hours, and they don't drive cows to pasture in February in this climate, and old Pete has tumbled on his grindstone and broken his leg. I've been considering all these avenues to employment, you see, but they are like the rest, closed to me.' Tom was evidently hurt. He went out at once, and Maria saw him no more that evening. This, then, was all that her planning had accomplished. She shed some bitter tears over her troubles that night, but they only served to make her eyes red and give her a headache for the next day, and she could not help feeling that her life, too, was out of joint. End of chapter 9